Hi there, and welcome to Major News with me, Mark Remillard. This is going to be the first episode of an accompanying podcast to the articles that I've been writing on major.news or mjr.news. So if you are a subscriber, thank you very much for subscribing. If you are not, uh, please feel free to uh, subscribe to the free version. I usually put up articles for free for a couple days and then paywall them later. Uh, so you most likely will be able to read virtually all the content that comes out. But uh, this will be an, uh, an accompanying podcast to that. And uh, so today, I wanted to take a look at the 2024 presidential election and and kind of throw out some of the predictions that I have for uh, outcomes or likely outcomes in the presidential election. We're only a couple weeks removed from the midterms, but already Donald Trump has announced his candidacy for the 2024 presidential election. In my last article, I discussed why I believe Trump chose to make that announcement when he did at what I see as a particularly politically inopportune time for him to do so. But I, I do believe that he did that because of the continued legal jeopardy that he is in. And I believe that uh, he made that announcement in some kind of misguided effort to politically insulate himself from his potential criminal liability. I discuss that in another article, so you can feel free to um, go to mjr.news and read that article. But in this uh, episode and in this article, I really want to take a look at what uh, Trump's candidacy means for the 2024 election, and particularly what I believe is the existential threat that Donald Trump poses to the Republican Party uh, in the next two years. Uh, obviously, it's a long way out and a lot can change, but I'm going to go over two scenarios that I think uh, could play out and what my predictions will be. And I'll tell you right now, spoilers, neither of them end with a Republican victory in 2024. All right. So scenario one, Donald Trump wins the GOP nomination. Trump's baggage aside, he is still a towering force to be reckoned with within the Republican Party. A Quinnipiac poll from November 22nd found that while a majority of Americans, 55 percent, say Trump has had a negative impact on the Republican Party, he still remains very popular within the GOP. And that poll found that Republicans 70 to 24 percent think Trump has had a mainly positive impact on their party, 70 percent of Republicans. So still extremely popular, Trump himself extremely, extremely popular within the Republican Party. And furthermore, that poll found that Trump's MAGA brand is also still very popular with Republicans. 79% of Republicans say they support the MAGA movement, while only 16% say they do not. So Trump himself, very popular. Trump's political brand, very popular among Republicans, not so much among the American base at large, but at least among Republicans. And so given that popularity, I think it's entirely possible that Trump waltzes to the Republican nomination in 2024. And so should that occur, here is my prediction. Trump wins the nomination, but he loses the general election, and I think he loses against virtually any Democratic candidate. Donald Trump's election track record speaks for itself. He has led the GOP through three disastrous elections, the 2018 midterms, the 2020 general election, and now the 2022 midterms. Trump has shown that while his brand may be very popular with Republicans, it's not popular, or at least it's certainly not very popular, among virtually anyone else. 
And I think with each passing year, what we see is that 2016 seems more like it was an anomaly rather than some kind of bellwether about Trump's future in American politics. Hillary Clinton was a historically disliked candidate with plenty of her own baggage, and Trump was able to pull off an improbable win. But at this stage, six years later, his political brand is well established by now. And I think with each day, it becomes more vitriolic and it becomes uh, more courting of, of bigots, frankly. Uh, look at what happened in the last week here with Trump's dinner at Mar-a-Lago with Kanye West and Holocaust denier white nationalist Nick Fuentes. Trump can say he didn't know who Nick Fuentes was all he wants, but I think there is a concerning issue when you have to worry about the possibility of white supremacists or white nationalists showing up at your events. That should tell you, that should be a red flag to you. Biden doesn't have to worry about that happening. Obama didn't have to worry about that happening. Bush didn't have to worry about that happening. Yet Trump does. And it's happened before. And so he can say that he doesn't know Nick Fuentes, but at the same time, he certainly knows Kanye West. Even at a personal level, he certainly knows Kanye West. And Kanye West, given his recent comment, anti-Semitic comments that have cost him millions of dollars in business deals, brands right now have said, I don't want to be associated with, with that. I don't want to be seen uh, linked to that. Yet in just the second week of Donald Trump's campaign, not even, it wasn't even, it was before the second week, Donald Trump made the choice to associate himself with that. And and I think that that's very concerning. And I think for people who find what Kanye West said repugnant, it speaks volumes. And I think it also speaks volumes for the people who don't find those comments repugnant. And so that says a lot. So I think Trump's brand is well-established. It's very vitriolic. I don't. I, maybe call me an optimist, but I don't believe that the majority of Americans just hate their neighbors as much as I think Trump's politics demand them to consistently um, angry, nasty politics. I just I, I don't think the majority of Americans like that brand. I don't think the majority of Americans want that kind of politics, feel that way deep down. And I think that with time, Americans are getting f fatigued of it. I think with each passing year and as the scandals build up for Trump, people are getting more sick of him. That's just my take. I could be wrong. That said, I think that Trump's base is not going any, anywhere anytime soon. And in fact, the Quinnipiac poll found that one third of Americans consider themselves MAGAs. Yet 60% do not. So that one third number hasn't budged significantly in six years. It hasn't grown. It hasn't really waned. But the growth is the problem. It's only one third of Americans. And in 2016, Trump was able to bridge the rest of that gap to, uh, while he lost the popular vote, he was able to win the key states that got him the electoral votes he needed. In 2020, he was not able to do that. And yes, he had more votes in 2020 than he had in 2016, but it was still, what, 11 million votes less than Joe Biden? And I think that that number, that MAGA number not growing is, is key in that I think you're going to see a similar scenario in 2024, that Trump has his base. It's not going anywhere. But as this poll shows, too, that 60 percent of Americans do not consider themselves MAGA supporters, 60 percent. When that is Trumpism, I think that that's a problem for Donald Trump and 
uh, his likelihood of winning another election for president. And so therefore, I, I think that if Donald Trump wins the GOP nomination in 2024, he will once again lose the general election. And notice that I really haven't spent any time focusing on who the Democratic nominee is, whether that's Joe Biden or someone else. And I think it doesn't matter all that much, to be honest. I think it's really hard to game out the potential scenarios for each possible candidate this early. Um, obviously, Joe Biden has given no indication that he does not intend to run. Uh, and when we look at that Quinnipiac poll, and I'm using this Quinnipiac poll because it was it was maybe the most recent or one of the first since the midterms, Americans at large don't want to see Joe Biden run for president again. 68 to 25 percent, 68 percent, almost 70 percent of Americans don't want to see Joe Biden run again. But with Democrats, that number's more favorable. 51 percent of Democrats say they would like to see Biden run again. So you've got Biden as a clear possibility. But you've also got other names. There's, you know, uh, names like Pete Buttigieg who come up, obviously Vice President Kamala Harris. Should Joe Biden not decide to run? Um, even names like Gretchen Whitmer and Josh Shapiro, who just won election in Pennsylvania. So there's a lot of other names that could be thrown out there. But I think it's still very likely that Joe Biden runs again, at least at this point. And I don't know. I think a rematch, even though it's, even though Joe Biden has his, issues, no question. I think the the main point I'm making is that Donald Trump is Donald Trump's biggest hurdle. And I think that almost no matter who the Democratic nominee is, I think that there are going to be plenty of people who are going to show up to vote against him. And I think that in a large part, too, because I do think there's a lot of people who feel, as we saw in this midterms, and are motivated by the election-denying aspect of Donald Trump, the threat to American democracy that he might pose in a lot of ways. And so I think given that existential threat of a second presidential term of Donald Trump and what that might mean for American democracy, I, I do believe that Democrats and wide numbers of independents will be plenty energized to turn out to the polls and vote against Donald Trump. And therefore, it doesn't matter as much who the Democratic nominee is. But scenario number two, and this is where I think the real fun of trying to predict uh, what might happen begins. What happens if Ron DeSantis, let's say, or anyone else mounts a run and actually beats Trump for the Republican nomination? This is the doomsday scenario for the GOP. And I mentioned Ron DeSantis because he is writing a political tidal wave right now. While Donald Trump's brand is perhaps at a low point and perhaps one of the lowest points it's ever been, Ron DeSantis's stock is is to the moon right now. Trump has considerable legal jeopardies. He's been courting bigots and he has shown the inability to help down ticket candidates win. And so no doubt the combination of those has the Republican Party thinking about life without Trump. And the GOP this is smart to do that. The GOP can't overlook particularly the criminal investigations into Trump and what that might mean for a potential nominee. Imagine if Donald Trump were indicted at any point between now and November 2024, what that might do. Let's say the Republican Party nominated Donald Trump and he was indicted or under indictment at that time. That could galvanize the Republican base uh, as Donald Trump and certainly the Republican Party will try to spin that into a political witch hunt. But is 
it, it might also result in the Republican Party appearing to have bought a ticket on the Titanic because a lot of new information will come to light if there is an indictment that will perhaps provide details about just how culpable Trump might be. I have to imagine that if the Department of Justice decides to indict Donald Trump, that they're only going to do it if they really, really, really believe they can get a conviction. I just, it's so high risk to try and indict a former president for the first time on criminal charges and not have the case sewn up real well. So I do think that as we learn, if an indictment comes down and as we learn more details, it's not going to look good for Trump. He's going to look very culpable and, and at a high risk of potential criminal conviction. And that might just deflate the balloon uh, for the Republicans and for Donald Trump's support. Maybe not that one-third base of MAGAs. Like I said, I think that they'll probably be galvanized. They'll scream witch hunts and they'll scream deep state and this and that. But I think that, you know, the people who might be, well, I was planning to still vote for a Republican, but Trump's the Titanic. Maybe that uh, deflates their their energy. So I think the GOP can't overlook the, the criminal investigations. And given Trump's baggage, I think it's easy to see why there's been rumblings about a potential presidential run for Ron DeSantis. After all, DeSantis is everything that Trump is, and perhaps more importantly, he's everything that Trump is not. Like Donald Trump, DeSantis can play that political wedge game night and day. He can find those cultural wedges and drive himself into them, which ups the emotional stakes for voters when you're talking about transgender bathroom bills and things like that. Um, these issues are emotional, emotionally charged issues for voters. And so Ron DeSantis, just like Trump, knows how to wedge himself into those issues and create a, a fence line that you're on this side or you're on that side. And that helps keep people into his camp. It ups the emotional stakes and it solidifies his support and donors. And so Don, Ron DeSantis can play that game all day long, just like Trump does. DeSantis also never apologizes. He's always on the, the offense when it comes to criticism. It's hard to nail him down. He's like jello on the wall. And so I think that's another similarity between him and Trump. You know, he's, he's successfully modeled his own political brand in the spirit of Trump. But there, there's key ways that DeSantis is different from Trump that make him a much better political candidate. First off, DeSantis has shown that he can win. This was a bruising midterms for the Republican Party. They barely got the House. They did not get back the Senate. They lost key swing races in Pennsylvania, Arizona, Nevada, uh, looking like they might lose the Georgia runoff. And many of these were Trump-backed candidate, Trump-endorsed candidates. So as I mentioned earlier, Trump has shown that he cannot help the down-ticket candidates win, particularly in the last midterm. DeSantis has shown that he can win. So while you had this bruising midterms for the Republicans, DeSantis wiped the floor with his Democratic challenger in Florida. In 2018, DeSantis won the governorship by just 32,000 votes over Democrat Andrew Gillum. In 2022, DeSantis beat 
Democrat Charlie Crist by 1.5 million votes. It feels like in four years, DeSantis has solidified his grip on Florida politics in the point where Florida is almost no longer a swing state. It looks like a Republican stronghold. And if you're a Republican, how could you not be looking at DeSantis and wondering what four years of DeSantis in the White House might look like? Could he do that on a national level? So Trump loses, DeSantis wins. And then also unlike Trump, DeSantis has shown that he can legislate. DeSantis has pushed through his anti-woke agendas, um, including an anti-woke bill that's currently been challenged, but uh, he has shown that he can get legislation done. He's pushed through legislation regarding his gripes about social media companies and his claims that they suppress free speech. He has silenced dissenters in the state. There's a state attorney that he removed from office because he disagreed with DeSantis on abortion um, issues. He dissolved or got the legislature to move forward with dissolving the um, corporation that Disney used in the Orlando area to help build up uh, Disney World. Why? Because he saw Disney as promoting liberal agendas. So DeSantis has just coiled himself around Florida politics, the, the Florida state politics, and he just has such a grip on it, and he can get legislation passed. These legislative wins, along with his ability to wedge himself into cultural issues, help solidify his support. These are many of his legislative wins are virtue signals to conservative voters, the anti-woke stuff, the social media legislation, um, things like that. They help uh, solidify his base, and they've helped make DeSantis a household name. So not only can he win elections, he gets legislation passed. Trump, meanwhile, when we think back on his four years as president, he failed to build a wall at the southern border. He failed to have Mexico pay for it. He failed to get a health care plan passed. He bungled the U.S. response to COVID-19. Um, he did get a tax cut done, but that was about all he could hang his hat on. There, there may be other things, obviously, but I think those are the big things, at least. The, the, the big things that he promised to do that he didn't get done. And the healthcare thing, I mean, he had both chambers of Congress and still couldn't get it done. So Trump has shown to be an incompetent executive. And I think part of that is because his fragile ego prevents him from compromising and reaching across the aisle to get things done. And I think perhaps, let's say Don, uh, Ron DeSantis was president, perhaps he would find himself with the same problems if he had a less favorable Congress than he does legislature in Florida. The legislature in Florida is very Republican controlled, so perhaps maybe that's why he's so successful. I can't overlook that fact. So let's pretend if, if DeSantis became president, he would have a much harder time getting things done given the way Congress works versus the legislature in Florida. No doubt, but either way, at least up to this point, DeSantis has shown himself to be much more effective at politics. And then finally, DeSantis just doesn't have a modicum of the baggage that Trump has, particularly those criminal investigations hanging over Trump's head. And so all this is to say that if DeSantis should decide to run or the GOP convinces him to, I think it's very likely that DeSantis could beat Trump. And broadly, that Quinnipiac poll found that only 37% of Americans want to see DeSantis run in 2024. So not a huge number, but among Republicans, that number jumps to 60%. So DeSantis is popular among uh, Republicans. And in a head-to-head -head between DeSantis and Trump, 
they're virtually split 44 to 44%. And remember, DeSantis is not even a candidate yet. And so he's polling equal with Trump among Republicans if they were to go head to head. And so all that is to say, here's my prediction for scenario two, which is the civil war within the GOP. Ron DeSantis runs, or any candidate, but let's focus on Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis runs and wins the nomination. I think the GOP becomes fractured. Trump rejects his loss and decides to form a third party. And both Trump and Ron DeSantis lose the 2024 election. Democrats win. This is, this, as I mentioned, the civil war scenario for the Republican Party. Because if DeSantis wins the nomination, Donald Trump will not go quietly into the night. After all, after two years, he still has yet to admit he lost the 2020 election. So there's no way that Donald Trump accepts his loss within the Republican Party. And this is where I think Donald Trump decides he's done with the GOP and he forms his own America First Party or whatever he wants to call it, MAGA Party. And he takes that one third of diehard, diehard supporters with him. And then the Republican Party is fatally damaged in the 2024 election. Uh, DeSantis and Republican leaders would have to pull off an absolute miracle to somehow wrangle Trump's supporters to stay within the Republican Party, who they're already sick of the leadership with. Look at the difficulty McCarthy's having to secure his speakership. Look at the challenges to Ronna McDaniel to retain her control as the head of the Republican Party. You can see that there is this fracturing already starting to show. There's a fault line. The question is whether or not the earthquake goes off. Uh, DeSantis and Republican leaders would have to pull off an absolute miracle to keep this party together if Trump does not win the nomination. And so I, I, I just don't see that happening. I think Trump breaks the party in two, and so I wouldn't hold my breath that that miracle comes true. And I think it's evidence as well that Donald Trump already sees DeSantis as a threat. Recently, Trump has bestowed a new nickname on DeSantis. He's calling him Ron DeSanctimonious, and he's working to downplay DeSantis's significance and his prowess as a politician. That tells me Trump is actually worried, the fact that Trump has so much focus on DeSantis right now. And so if DeSantis runs, it is going to be an absolutely bitter and brutal primary that I think ends with DeSantis on top, Trump breaking from the party, and the Republicans are doomed in 2024. Who knows? Perhaps even beyond that. A couple caveats as we wrap up. There are some wild cards here, and I think there's two that I'll, I, I will uh, identify as, as uh, possible wild cards that could change these scenarios from occurring. And I think both of them involve Trump no longer being a candidate when the votes are cast at the Republican National Convention. And the first one is Donald Trump voluntarily withdraws from the race at some point before the convention. I think it's hard to imagine a scenario where that would happen, but the only one that I can really think of is if Donald Trump is indicted. I see that as a slight possibility. If he's facing really serious criminal charges, let's say the allegations and the indictment against Trump included allegations that he was trying to sell nuclear secrets or some of these classified documents to some foreign power or to some entity. There is no indication that that is true. I know there's a lot of speculation about that possibility, but so far there's been no indication that that is what occurred. But I'm just saying, worst case scenario, something like that happens where Trump might be facing like literal 
espionage charges of some kind. I don't see how he continues a campaign for president at that point. You know, Trump is Trump, and he may stick to his guns and do what he does, which is typically is to double down, and so he'll continue on, and he'll go even harder. I think that Trump, even if he drops out of the race, he'll continue to hold rallies until the day he's in handcuffs. But I think... I could see him potentially ending his campaign because the support for him as a nominee will just absolutely dry up. The donations will dry up. And perhaps he might withdraw just to prioritize his defense and prioritize trying to stay out of jail. I think that he would have lines about how it's not his fault that he's withdrawing. It's a witch hunt um, that he wanted to keep going, but his advisors or his lawyers, who he never listens to anyways, told him he's got to drop out. And so he decided to drop out. But, you know, at the end of the day, he's the only one who'll make that choice. And so if he does end up withdrawing voluntarily from the race, it's going to be Donald Trump's choice. And in reaction to something major, like a very, very serious worst case scenario kind of indictment, I think that's the only way that happens. And I think it would truly be a last case, last resort scenario for him. Uh, It's really only if the walls were truly closing in. Uh, I think it's unlikely that he voluntarily withdraws. But I do think that if that occurs before the convention, then the potential collision between Trump and DeSantis is averted. And that spares the Republican Party from this kind of civil war scenario and fracturing of the party. And then the other second possibility is, you know, maybe Donald Trump dies. He's 76 years old and I don't foresee that happening. But like I said, anything that results in Trump not being an active candidate, including death, when those votes are cast at the Republican convention, could avert that political meltdown for the GOP. So those are my predictions for the 2024 presidential election. At this point, it's November, late November 2022. Obviously, there's two years virtually until the election takes place, about a year and a half until the parties convene for their convention. I'd be really curious to hear what you think about this. So uh, check out my article where I discuss these these scenarios and leave me a comment there. Reach out to me on social media, Twitter, Facebook. And otherwise, I will see you in the next episode. Not sure what that one will cover, but we'll put it out when we get a chance. So thanks for listening to Major News with me, Mark Remillard. This has been episode one. If you are a subscriber, thank you. If you are not, go to mjr.news to read my columns and subscribe there. And I'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>